Good morning and welcome back to the Wake Up With Glow podcast with me, Glow. Today we're going to be discussing the meaning of life. And rather than just delving into more of an existential standpoint on why we're here, it's really about determining whether or not you deem your life to be meaningful. And I want to start by first outlining outlining the ways in which we spend our time because essentially to extract meaning from your life you have to do a deep dive into how you are distributing yourself over time what are you investing yourself in what are you allowing to invest itself back into you and create emotion an emotional response what are you doing in your life and how do you feel about what it is that you are doing so as the question stands is your life meaningful and i want you to just take a moment before we get into it to either write this question down or bookmark it in your mind to ask yourself later what comes up for you when you hear the question is my life meaningful Do you feel good about it? Do you feel anxious? Do you perhaps feel like, "Uh oh, maybe I should be doing more and I'm not where I want to be? Do you feel as though, yes, I've come a long way? Identifying our body's physiological response to questions that hopefully mean enough to you to develop a response to make you feel some type of way that will lead you to an understanding of where you stand when it comes to this particular area of your life. Perhaps the most important area of our lives, given that meaning is central to our sense of well-being, to our aspirations, and to our health overall, both mental and physical. So there are really four key ways in which we spend our time. And it's important for us to understand this. A lot of times we live these truths that we don't actually explore. And so when we're not aware of what it is that we are already doing, it doesn't make it any less true. It just means that we can't best use our truth to develop ourselves and to create the reality that we're looking for. So to pay attention to how we spend our time, we have to know how we are spending our time. Seems logical, right? The first way I refer to as value spending. Okay, so out of four ways that we spend our time, the first one is value spending. And this is perhaps the most important one of all. Value spending is the time that you spend doing that which you enjoy. Now, it can be different for different people. Perhaps for you, value spending is related to your hobbies, or maybe it's related to spending time with your family. Or maybe, if you're quite fortunate, it's you spending time engaged in your work. Whatever you identify in your life as bringing you the most value, I want you to consider how much of your time is invested in that thing or those things. 
Okay, the things that you deem to be truly valuable, whether that means it feeds back into your spirit and allows you to walk through life with more pep in your step and a greater enthusiasm for living, or maybe it's just something that you do that you know deep down in your heart is going to help the world or help someone who you care to help. The next way that we spend our time it actually stems right off of value spending, and that is necessity spending. This is the time that we spent, the time that we spent supporting our value spending. So if value spending is that which we have the personal freedom to do something that we genuinely enjoy and brings us feedback that is positive, necessity spending supports our value spending and offers us that personal freedom it is the job that maybe you have that allows you the financial opportunity to pursue what you deem to be valuable necessity spending are the things that we do as the name implies out of necessity we do them because it allows us to do the things that we perhaps would rather be doing So again, I want you at this point to pause and think to yourself, what is your necessity spending? How much time are you committing to necessity spending? And relate that back to your value spending to see if there's a disproportionate leaning towards one or the other. The third way we spend our time is what I call idle spending. It is the in-between the other things that we do. Meaning, if we have value spending, the things that we value doing, and we have necessity spending, the things we feel obligated to do in order to power our value spending, then between those things we have idle spending. This is the time that we spend commuting or showering or waiting for our food to be uh, prepared or preparing it ourselves. It is the time in between that we don't necessarily use optimally. And that's not to say that we should. Okay, just to make that clear. And I just want to make a note that perhaps... If with the example of something like showering, you might think to yourself, well, that's not idle time because you may be correlating idle time with wasted time or sunken time. But in actuality, anything that you do unintentionally can be classified as idle spending. Anything, if if you take markedly intentional showers and that is the time where you strategize or that is the time where you disconnect and restore your energy then certainly you can take that out of your idle spending because that could be contributed to value spending places where you increase your wellness so it all really depends on you and your lifestyle uh, how you classify value necessity and idle spending what is it for you don't think about how other people perhaps would classify it think about what you are getting out of the things you do for one person the commute to work may be the time that they listen to a podcast or 
they listen to an audiobook. And so that is time for their personal development, which could be value spending for them or necessity spending if that's something that they feel they're doing so that they can gain the personal freedom to do what they value. Okay, so it all ties in together and depends on each other in order to create your complete circle of time that resets every single day, if that's how you'd like to look at it. The fourth and final way that we spend our time, and I think this is really important. This is time that a lot of us don't realize gets factored into our lives, uh, or perhaps you're very aware of it and it burdens you. But in either case, this is time that I call pressured spending. So why is it called pressured spending? This is the time that is rather society-influenced, society-influenced commitments or doing anything because you should. This is not something that you necessarily feel aligns with your truth or that you want to be doing. This is the drink you went and had with someone because you felt like you should, not because you particularly wanted to. This is the time you spent shopping for an outfit to an event that you perhaps didn't want to go to in an outfit that you didn't necessarily wish to wear because you felt like you had to. And so pressured spending is this sneaky little societal influence that comes into all of our lives at one point or another. And hopefully it's something that you're trying to get away from. But it's the time that we are essentially giving away and it's not true to ourselves. It's basically the society tax that you pay with your time. You're giving it away and you don't really know what you're getting for it. And so we want to, again, think to ourselves, where am I involved in pressured spending? Where am I giving time to things because I feel as though I should, but not because I genuinely want to or believe that it is going to benefit me or anyone else for that matter? The question I want you to ask yourself is, What is your distribution? Where do you spend most of your time? Where do you stand to win some of your time back? How much, if you could create a pie chart right now, if you can draw a big circle and you break it into four categories, value, necessity, idle, and pressured, I want you to write down an approximate percentage breakdown of where you are spending your time. And then I want you to make an entirely new circle and I want you to break down how you wish your time looked, where you wish your time was spent. And I want you to compare the two and see where there is work to be done in order to create more meaning in your life. To create meaning in your life is to use your time meaningfully. And when you understand that and you take a cold hard look at what it is that you're actually doing, right? Because that's the part that many people don't do. They know things feel off. They know they're not necessarily as happy as they could be or as satisfied, but they don't take a hard look at their personal reality. And if you don't take a look at the reality, it's really difficult to make an adjustment to something you're not actually paying attention to because it'll 
continue to influence your life and your state of well-being. But if you're not looking at it, how can you fix it? It's like fixing a sink blindfolded. Maybe you can do that. If you have expertise, you can do it. No problem. If I attempted to do that, it would be a disaster and I would probably drown in the flood that would result from it. So understanding that, you have to look at your problem in order to correct and resolve it. So there are things that are have been proven in, in research studies that disproportionately make life meaningful. And I want to put in parentheses, according to most people, maybe you will see something different for yourself here. But according to most people, and at the end of the day, we are in fact human, so it probably is in our best interest to see what most people think about certain things or how they feel, because although our truth may vary, there is likely something that connects us all. And so things that disproportionately make life meaningful. Number one is strong and meaningful relationships with others. Now, I want to make a point here that says that if you are, if you consider yourself to be an introvert, and maybe you think to yourself, well, what does that say about me in my life? Can I not have meaning if I say don't have a partner or don't have a strong friend group or don't have a particularly uh, great relationship with my family? I want you to understand that having strong relationships with others does not necessarily mean that you have to fall into one of those categories that I mentioned. Strong and meaningful relationships with others could be to the extent of every morning when you go to work, you stop by the bodega or where, wherever you get your coffee or wherever you get your bagel or wherever you get whatever it is that you're consuming something maybe where you go to to get your your bus pass or where you go to fill up your tank and you smile every day and exchange a friendly word with someone who is there that you see repeatedly that too is considered a meaningful relationship to know that you are a part of this human race to know that you are exchanging a pleasantry this is all part of belonging and i wish we could get further away from this idea that belonging means you have to be solidified into this group that you have to now relate to at all costs that is not what is what is meant by belonging belonging comes in many different ways and it can come in that 30 second window of you saying good morning every single day to the person at the toll booth or or whoever it may be okay so strong meaningful relationships with others another thing that makes life according to most people disproportionately meaningful is spending your time doing worthwhile things now doing worthwhile things as defined by you Let's be clear, not as defined by society, not as defined by your mother or your brother or your uh, whoever or your neighbor or your political party, spending your time doing worthwhile things as defined by you, by you, your spirit, your soul, your truth. What is it that you find worthwhile? Not things like, oh, well, my job is worthwhile because I need to make money in order to pay my bills, in order to support my family, etc. Yes, that's definitely one category of exploring what is worthwhile to you. But what on a soul level, and maybe it is your job, 
But if it isn't, what else? What on a soul level do you find is worth your time and you? You have a limited number of years on this earth to give life yourself. What are you going to give yourself to? The next thing is holding a narrative. And this is perhaps my favorite one because this is something that relies very much on you and very little on things outside of yourself. Holding a narrative that helps you understand yourself and the world that you live in. How's that for making your life meaningful? You don't have to step foot outside of your home and you can work on making your life meaningful by focusing on this one point here. The story that you tell yourself about yourself, about this world, and about the people who live in it is going to dictate how meaningful you perceive your life to be. So examining that narrative, what do you think of yourself? Mark that down as a journal entry that I hope that you'll do sometime today or this week. What do you think of yourself? And this can be really hard to do because perhaps your perception of self isn't ideal. It doesn't make you feel good. It brings up everything from the past. It brings up tremendous pain and turmoil and struggle that you're trying to get away from. Get it out of yourself and put it on paper. What is your narrative? How do you see yourself to be? Because when you get that narrative outside of yourself, you can start manipulating it. You do get to define your narrative. And it's not as simple as just changing the story that you tell yourself about yourself. It's about creating things in your life that are going to themselves change the story that you tell about yourself. Creating the circumstances, taking advantage of new opportunities, changing your environment, talking to different people, reading different things that is going to shape the story that you are telling yourself. Maybe to you it means uh, taking on a new fitness routine and having a renewed sense of self through the energy that is being manipulated by you now being a person who works out where before you were not that person. Maybe it means you starting to read and work on your personal development and becoming a reader whereas before you were not that person. Whatever it is for you, there are a multitude of ways in which you can start to shift who you are to yourself. And it's definitely in your best interest to do that if you are dissatisfied with the narrative that you hold currently. The last way that I'll touch upon how to make life meaningful is novelty and experiences that offer a sense of awe and expansion. There are beautiful ways, beautiful ways for you to experience yourself in a new light. There are experiences at every single step of your life journey that will allow you to see yourself and the world differently. And it is so important for you to step into their presence. These are the things in your life that are going to, whether it maybe that's a trip somewhere new, maybe that's a conversation with someone new. Maybe that's changing your route to work and, and, and offering yourself a new visual stimulation. Maybe that's getting a different brand of coffee to consume that is more uh, vegan than the other coffee that you were using. And so that begins to shift your perspective of yourself and your identity and what you're doing for the world and in the world. This is not to condone anyone who does not partake in those practices. But again, 
changing what is what is your common footing mentally and physically changing what you know yourself to do and be by experiencing newness can help make your life meaningful there are so many things waiting to be backed by you on a soul level so many things for you to get behind in life for you to take advantage of and it can be as big of a cause as animal rights or to you know stick with our vegan example or it can be as what is seemingly small of a cause as whether you're a coffee drinker in the first place there are ways that you can subtly and ultimately drastically shift your perspective of what your life is about and so meaning ultimately comes to boil down to belonging feeling valued by others which makes life more meaningful for you if we feel that we are valued by other people we suddenly we suddenly start to think perhaps i am a person of value which we all are as a side note because feeling like you don't belong can lead to a lower sense of meaningfulness if it's that idea that if i don't fit why am i here right And I certainly have asked myself that question, and perhaps you have too. If I don't fit, why am I here? And that goes back to my point earlier about belonging, not being what we've been perhaps fed by the media, belonging is supposed to mean. Belonging can be a lot simpler than you think, and you being a human being here on this earth at this time already means that you belong. You just have to redefine what belonging means to you without being so influenced by how other people are finding their personal belonging. And then purpose, of course, purpose. We all want to feel purposeful. We all want to feel like there is a reason why we are here and there is something for us to do. And so if you find yourself becoming mentally idle and not knowing what that is, your best bet is to explore what's out there in order to see where you feel at home. Narratives... Like we said, narratives, the things that we, the stories we tell about ourselves to ourselves and to other people, how we introduce ourselves, how we tell our story, creates an awareness and an understanding of our connection to being here on earth in the first place. So it becomes very important how you tell that story. Your story needs to be the best book that you've ever written. And if you've never written a book, here's a little piece of advice realize quickly that you have written a book and you are writing one every single day of your life. You don't have to believe in the value of legacy. I don't necessarily, I don't think about what will be beyond my existence, but I certainly think a lot about what is while I am here and what I can do to best support both myself and the world outside of me. And so understand that you are writing a story every single day with every thought that you have about yourself. Every time you put yourself down or maybe raise yourself up higher than you need to raise yourself up, no matter which direction you're going, understand that this is the story that is guiding the next chapter. Every chapter is, in a way, an introduction to the next chapter. You're, you're setting yourself up for what happens next by what you say is happening right now. You are the narrator. And, of course, transcendence, 
transcendence becomes a key component of making our lives meaningful because to transcend our current state is to grow into something and if we are not growing then we lose our sense of meaning what is the point of living the same day over and over again becomes the thought that burdens us most if nothing is changing if we ourselves are not changing then why are we here what is it that we're doing what is the point A plant that remains looking how it always looked from the moment that you purchased it is likely a dead plant. Because if you were watering a plant that had livelihood, which I know you do, you have immense livelihood within you, then that plant would transform over time. It would grow, it would change. And it would grow and change according to how well you took care of it right? If the, if the leaves started to yellow and wilt, that would be a product of how well or how poorly you're taking care of it. And so you must treat yourself in the same way and understand that even if you're keeping yourself together like a fake plant, nothing is wilting, nothing is changing color, there is still not going to be as much meaning and satisfaction as if you were actually contributing to the change like a live plant. Because you, my sweet friend are alive and you deserve to feel like it lastly i i want to touch on the the dimensions of meaning because meaning is not so simple as just feeling as though you have a purpose or feeling as though you have a good story to tell about yourself or any one of the things that we've been discussing but the dimensions of meaning are really broken down into coherence That's one of the primary aspects of meaning, coherence, meaning what do you understand about your life? How do you understand your life? And purpose. Purpose are the goals that we have for our lives. And so between coherence and purpose, coherence is akin to your past. You use your past ultimately to dictate your perception of your present day reality. And you use your purpose to guide into the future, who you are going to become. And so between our past and our future, of course, lies our present, which is significance, the other dimension of meaning. And significance is the sense that our life is in fact worth living right now. Not that we've been through a lot in our past that makes our life significant or that we are going to achieve a lot in the future, which will make our life significant, but that our life is actually worth living right now. It is the bridge between the past and the future. It is the present. The present, which I love to remind you, is the only thing that you ever actually have. And so with that, sweet friends of mine, I hope you take the time to answer the questions that have been posed in the context of this episode and that you start to consider whether or not you deep down believe that your life is meaningful. If this episode brought you any valuable insight, please consider sharing it with someone you care for. And I will see you back here next week for an all new episode of Wake Up With Glow. Have a wonderful rest of your week.